What's up, everybody? This is Joe Kim from the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how you can stop wasting time. So a lot of practices, processes that just basically suck at companies and how you can improve. Now, this conversation is with three guys who I affectionately call the Love Brothers, and you'll see why and who these guys are. But stay tuned for why meetings suck, why OKRs suck, why a lot of things that you do as a product manager or in growth suck, and how you can improve and with suggestions on how to make things a lot better. So stay tuned after this short commercial break, and we will get into that discussion. We pretty much use just about every single product that uh, Iron Source offers. We're, we're completely integrated with the platform. Of course, the mediation products, all ad, ad products, and the company that can assist us in doing UA and monetization and all the uh, additional products that come along with it. It takes a lot of uh, headache away from us. It takes a lot of the hard, busy work off of our hands, having a kind of an all-in-one platform. You just heard Andrew Stone. He's the CEO at Random Logic Games, who use IronSource's platform to grow their games in the smartest way possible. If you want to grow like Random Logic, you can get the SDK on IronSource's website. That's ironsrc.com. We all know it. Mobile marketing is going through a paradigm shift. With the industry moving towards a more aggregate way of measuring marketing efforts, marketers' ability to measure and understand the impact of their marketing investments is further curtailed. AppsFlyer, though, is not sitting on the sidelines. The company has set a goal to help their customers and the entire mobile ecosystem to successfully navigate the new era of mobile marketing. And that's where AppsFlyer's latest product, the Incrementality Solution, comes to play. It's a product that truly empowers marketers to gain a better understanding of the real value that their marketing efforts hold. AppsFlyer's Incrementality Solution is built around remarketing. It simplifies the process of designing, executing, and analyzing incremental lift tests at scale, which previously was something that only the biggest players on the market were able to do. With, with incrementality, marketers can focus on the end goal of their test without actually having to worry about the heavy lifting that comes with it. To learn more about incrementality and to read the success stories from publishers like Kabam, I suggest you head out to appsflyers.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we have a little bit of a different content focus today. We're actually going to be talking about how to stop wasting time. In other words, what are some of the practices, processes at companies that people just follow and just don't make any sense that you're just kind of turning your wheels, but not really getting a lot of effectiveness out of. And with us today to talk about this, we have this group of three gentlemen here who I call the Love Brothers. And just to give you a little bit of context on that, so we originally had a talk between Mate and Filippo, and this was supposed to be the great debate where we debate this issue about performance marketing. Uh, unfortunately, it turned into a love fest, but actually the content wound up to be really good. So, you know, I got a lot of great messages about that, but we had the Love Brothers, and then the three of us are on a kind of one of these secret private Slack groups. And, you know, I'm reading these messages, and I'm just sorry, guys, I'm trying not to throw up when Mate's like, You complete my sentences. <laughs> you complete me. But anyway, so getting to, here, let me just introduce you, you guys really quick. We've got Brett Novak, who is CEO of Liquid and Grit, the industry's best marketing research company with respect to video games research. We have Mate Lanceric, who was well, actually in terms of your just to just to give you your product chops and let people know about Brett's product experience. He's also had a career on the product side, working in various companies, but including as lead product man manager at Zynga on Zynga Poker. Mate, you've been at a bunch of companies leading user acquisition and growth, companies like Pixel Federation, Boombit, uh, Superscale. You've scaled a ton of companies to billions of users. <laughs> And now you're kind of on your own doing your own consulting firm. And, and Filippo, very currently, just to jump in uh, yep. with, with this Love Fest as well, I currently work very closely with Filippo at Triplet as well. So oh, the Love, okay. Love Brothers are uh, re <laughs> reunited. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. 
And Filippo is currently Chief Growth Officer at Traplight. Traplight is you know, one of these hot, hot startups. There was a lot of excitement about the recent fundraise. And so congrats on that. Congrats on the new game that just launched, Battle Legion. It's a very cool game, very, very interesting game. But Filippo, you've had a long career and not, not to go over, like we'd be here forever if we went through your whole career, but you know, you've been at a bunch of different companies. Maybe you could tell us what, what was the most interesting company you were a part of, Filippo? Just to put you um, on the spot. That, yeah, was it okay. Pixelberry or was it some, somewhere else? Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say Pixelberry, although everyone was really interesting with different challenges, right? But it was really interesting to learn. Pixelberry was really a very the very first success story. And uh, everything else before was sort of like um, a failure story, if you will, <laughs> meaning that uh, products were not so successful. Right. Um, you guys were wasting too much time on, on, on various things. Well, I mean, no, previous products were mildly successful okay, or not okay. so successful. And the point that I was just trying to say was it was interesting to be in a super successful product because you learn that there is the there is an alignment of stars for failure and there's an alignment of stars for success. And it's pretty much the same thing, basically. You can see these stars aligning going, yep. Yeah, things are not good <laughs> or just these stars aligning going, okay, now it's starting to make a lot of sense. This is really going to do well. So it's really just, it, there isn't like a, one thing that tells you this is a mess or one thing that tells you this is going to be amazing, but you start seeing a collection. It's almost like a domino effect. Right. Uh, Self-fulfilling prophecy as such. Okay. Well, let's jump right into the topic at hand, which is how to stop wasting time at companies. And if I were to think about one of the biggest areas of waste and something that we talked about on Slack are meetings. And I don't know if you guys read the Wall Street Journal or pay attention to some of the stuff that's being reported on, but a lot of CEOs are coming out and saying people are having way too many meetings. There's, there's talk about having like Zoom off days because people are just in Zooms all day long. And so let's talk about meetings and any other, like, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest areas that people are sort of wasting time on or not spending efficiently? Maybe starting with you, Brett. Well, I, at our company, Joseph, as you know, we have zero meetings. So uh, <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. We had one meeting every week and that has been since canceled. So we are the anti-meeting company. I think we do this for a couple of reasons. The first is I think verbal communication just tends to be a very poor form of communication, right? It's somebody yeah. speaking their mind and someone responding to what they just heard. So you're not having really quality communication versus if someone's writing something down, they're actually thinking through what they're going to say, they're editing it, they're reviewing it, and then they're saying it, and then the next person is going to do the same thing. You know, the other thing that we really don't like about meetings is it, it, it has the effect of causing people to switch context, right? If I'm working on a project and I'm 90% of the way done, instead of finishing that project, I don't have to go jump on a meeting and then talk about that other topic and then go back to the other project. Whereas if it's in a document or recorded or something like that, I can finish the meeting, uh, finish the project and then jump into the meeting. But those are two of the things, and but the primary thing is, I think, just verbal communication is just a poor form of communication, uh, right. the poorest. And I, I know guys like Jeff Bezos have talked about restructuring meetings in a way where you start with the written communication first, you read through memos and stuff like that. I mean, he hasn't kind of gone to the extreme like you have in terms of eliminating all meetings, but then for you, if you don't have meetings, then how does that, it sounds like you guys are communicating more via notes or is it all emails or can, can you talk about how do you then coordinate different people communicate with different people how's that done in your company yeah the primary thing that i was frustrated about was that communication was primary in companies right meaning that email makes communication primary slack makes communication primary so does meetings the thing that's making the company money that's the product is secondary right it's over here we don't see it we're not talking about it yeah. so the way that we structure our communication is typically with a document either dropbox paper we like for project management or a google document for a report or a product and then the product itself is primary and the communication is through chat around that product so communication is secondary right it's supporting something that's moving through 
the company to make the company money, right? right. Or to, to produce something. And that's really how I like to structure communication is communication ends up being secondary to the primary thing. And too often meetings, Slack, email, make communication primary. And then you just have things going back and forth, right? We're just, you know, right. okay. chatting and then, yeah. All right. So Mate, from your perspective, would you agree or what's what's your take on this? What's your experience? First thing, I thought only you uh, use uh, use the paper uh, <laughs> on Dropbox, <laughs> not, everybody, not uh, anyone else. Well, I do think the like meetings are, uh, a lot of times are just a um, waste of time and the, like the recurring meetings that can happen. <clears throat> you know, like talking to Facebook, Google on a weekly basis, that's that's fine. But obviously, if that's not planned well enough, uh, you, you have one meeting on Monday, then second meeting on Tuesday, Thursday, and that's and, and your week, suddenly you have two calls or meetings during the day. You can't focus properly on, on deep work in the between. So that's something that really is, uh, is pissing me off. <laughs> I try to plan my day in advance right. when I can, because obviously like if I have like 24 hours plan before the, the day and everything is planned, then obviously I don't have these ad hoc calls, ad hoc meetings, ad hoc whatevers. And I can focus directly on the work and deep work that I, I can do on, on a daily basis. So basically like what uh, Brett said, like communication in these kind of like documents, that seems to be very interesting. Uh, it's definitely definitely interesting in a way you don't need to have like millions of calls just to sync new right. focus on that communication inside that document right and so to your point i it sounds like what you're saying similar to to brett is that when you have these meetings it forces a context which there's there was actually a, a pretty famous blog post by paul graham the uh the y combinator guy who talks about you know different types of people at a company where you are, you're either a manager or you're kind of like a, a maker. So like the maker schedule versus the manager schedule and managers, you just have a bunch of meetings. And for makers, you, to your point, you would need deep thought. You'd want to not be interrupted by all these like status check, status check, status check. And so oh, when right. does, when do you get to a point where the status check overwhelms like the work that you do, right? So then, then you got to think about what's the overhead relative to the actual work. So that's a point we'll take in. And then probably the point that a lot of folks don't get is how do you then structure meetings, if at all? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think Brett's kind of taken it to an extreme, but you know, there's probably a good balance for people, but the balance is going to be different for the kind of person that you are, a, a manager or a maker, things like that. And Filippo, how, how are you guys doing stuff? What, what's your take on meetings, maybe your experience from previous companies or even currently at Traplight? Yeah, it's um, very biased towards small groups of people. Uh, okay. I, I certainly don't have, you know, Zynga-sized uh, experience. So the tricky part is, to your point, a lot of people, including the managers, are actually makers as well at the same time. Small reality wearing different hats. So it's a bit tricky and even more tricky now with uh, the distance, COVID and so on, to uh, just completely remove meetings. Uh, but we still love Brett because we're all love brothers here. Um, <laughs> The, but the, the truth is that what's really important is the focus and it's tremendously cliche, but setting a very clear, like, what are we talking about here? And then what do we walk away with it? So what consequent actions and follow-up are there to this? And right. be very diligent on the timing uh, because especially from far away, we, we lack human contact. And so we are desperate for more human contact and we end up just sort of going off on tangents and digressing very naturally and organically because we need to talk, right? right. We're alone in our rooms. And, but in fact, we have to just remember to kind of focus on why did we meet originally? And so try to be a bit more disciplined about agenda and, and action points. Right. Because the toughest part from far away is really the the planning stage, the execution yeah. stage is uh, is really uh, easy to do from far away, sitting at home, away from everyone else. The trouble that, you know, Matei was describing is then 
you're in the middle of the execution phase that you had planned before and suddenly a new planning phase comes in right yeah so wait a minute i still need to finish the execution first otherwise we just keep planning stuff and do nothing so that's really uh, it, it's more about sort of disciplined management but right. self-management really you yeah. know not like have a boss telling you all right here's the agenda Okay. So, um, and that ultimately would require uh, some proper training. So one of the things that we are going to include at Traplight is leadership training because you know, a company is now evolving into full-on live ops on Battle Legion and growing yeah. features and content and so on. So right. we really need to arm the team leaders with the tools to, you know, how do I run properly a meeting here? You know, especially with right. And I would say that most companies don't have that. Most companies do not have a email or meeting training seminar, right? They have more high level touchy feely. Oh, you know, this or that, that isn't practical. But to your point, maybe we should have that more at companies, uh, basically training around, okay, if you're going to send an email, here's an efficient way of sending email. Here's an efficient way of running a meeting. And then to the other point that you raised earlier, then how do you make that meeting useful? How do you have action items and follow-up so that it becomes a worthwhile meeting? And then I, I, yeah, so, I, I sorry, sorry to jump, just uh, I, yeah. I do believe that there should be, at least like when there, there is a meeting, there should be someone who is leading the meeting and then like beforehand should send send out any agenda that needs to be discussed on, the, on, right. on that specific meeting just to, to make it more efficient. Right. Because so I, I, I also like experienced uh, meetings that, we're supposed to <laughs> long, like there was supposed to be like 30 minutes. Right, then right. it ended, ended up like one and a half hours. And I was like, Oof, okay, all scheduling, you can throw that into the trash and then and planning <laughs> everything just. Right. So let's talk about that, but maybe I could actually even frame that issue as well, which is, okay. There was if, a Brad, Brad wanted to say something, come on. Yeah, we're free. We're, I know you have an agenda, Joseph, but we're, this is no, the no, no. Yeah, no, let's, I mean, example of a meeting. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. we're going to just take it wherever we want. Okay. So, so yeah. I want to demonstrate. So I'm going to just like, just, yeah, you want to be a leader. Well, no, no, no. I just two points that I, uh, two points. So first yeah, yeah. is I think companies when they're smaller, don't think about this because it's very easy to manage these things when you're small. Right. Yeah. And so you Slack, for example, is a perfect example. It works pretty well when you're five, 10 people. When it gets to a thousand people, Slack is just like, it's super, super costly. Right. And we can go, I'm sure, for hours on just Slack alone. So, one of the things that I've been very focused on with the expectation of getting bigger and bigger is that you have to have a system that's going to be able to scale. Right. So, if you're a CEO or a manager and you're like, well, I'll just have one one on one. What happens if your company grows 10 times the size or five times the size? All of a sudden, you're meetings all day. And the second point I wanted to mention that was brought up, which is an important one, is that humans, when they get on to meetings, are going to become social and they want that. I, I'm kind of a salty CEO on this, but like businesses aren't supposed to be your social outlet. Right? Like businesses, my theory is human beings want to work, they want to create something that they're proud of, and they want to have deep thought experiences and be challenged and have autonomy. Yeah. That's what work is supposed to supply to the workers and the teams, not social. Like that's for when you go home and you hang out with your friends and your family. <laughs> and we have social, but I think it's overemphasized in working cultures now. And that's why I think there's so many meetings is because to be honest, people enjoy them. Oh, yeah, my weekend, my dog, my cat, like, you know, the sky, the smoke, whatever, COVID, the debate. Let's talk about something totally random. Like as a CEO who wants to have a great company, like I get that you want to talk about that, but that's not what my company is for. My company is for creating this great product for product managers and game industry people. Um, so <laughs> I probably should uh, edit that out later. <laughs> no, look, I think, but, but. Hey folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but stay tuned. Some really deep insights coming up after our short commercial break from our sponsor, Exola. That's all coming up after the break. Nowhere to turn. Locked down. Danger at every corner. Dang, what game is that? Oh, I'm just reading today's news. Hey, speaking of games, are you done with yours? Yeah, we're pretty much finished. When's it coming out? 
I'm not sure. We have to figure out distribution, marketing, monetization, all that stuff. Have you checked out Exola? <laughs> Wait, ex what Exola. They're the trusted video game business engine, and they can help you with all that and much more. Get details at www.exola.com. That's X-S-O-L-L-A.com. You just heard from our sponsor, Exola, the trusted video game business engine. But now we're back. So let's get back to the conversation, starting right now. That <laughs> does open up a bigger issue of what should be the objective of some of these meetings. And because I, I do think there are some CEOs who are being trained today that I don't know if you guys read Trillion Dollar Coach, but like one of his things is like actually start the meeting and build a relationship, that relationships are important. Or is so I mean, I think there's different philosophies and different things that I think depending on your situation and the kind of company that you have, it could be different. And so to your point, like some companies may have complete work-life separation, some may be more integrated. So that to me opens up a bigger question of, you know, whether should the objective of a meeting also be partly social? I, I mean, I, I know I'm just raising that as, a, as an open question. I, I personally run meetings more, more business oriented, but I am actually more increasingly now starting to do kind of what Brett, you're suggesting maybe we don't, which is to try and actually build more relationships with people in, in meetings. Cause I'm, I'm more as uh, former uh, bosses have told me more transaction oriented. <laughs> I hate that business culture has turned into that. Like, like, like business culture is like, I mean, I remember my first manager meetings, it was like, what are yeah. we going to do for happy hour? What are we going to do on our ski trip? What are we going to do? At, like, you know, like this isn't what business is supposed to be about. And it makes, it's fine that if you do that, and I'm not saying that, you know, we, we have a wonderful culture and everyone likes each other at our company and we, we, we do some, you know, but it's overemphasized and it's, it's replacing just creating a wonderful environment for people to create things that they're proud of. And that's what, what I think is the most important thing, not that they have a fun social hour. And I think, unfortunately, yeah. people are masking this bad work environment with, well, I have a lot of friends there and I have a good social, you know, we have great ski trips or whatever the heck you do, you know, right. like, no, like create a great working environment. And, 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 you know, yeah, sure. Be nice to each other. But like, if you do that, people will stick around, right. you know, and they'll be happy. So let me even open a bigger can of worms. So like, okay, so we've got Brett Novak on one end, no meetings, everything's written. And then on the other end at big companies, you have managers who basically from 10 to let's say five have meetings back to back to back to back to back. And, you know, at, at 5.01, I'm walking to the bathroom and I see one of these guys. I'm like, hey, how's your day? And he's like, oh, I had the most incredible day. I'm like, okay, what'd you do today? I had this, this meeting, this meeting, this meeting, this meeting. And basically in the back of my mind, I didn't say it. I was like, so you basically didn't do jack shit today. You just had a bunch of meetings, right? <laughs> okay, so that's just, just to be honest, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Oh, thank but, you. But like, so then... Is that like, what, what do you guys think? It, should there be this role for this manager that basically just sits through meetings all day and just kind of, and basically all, they basically just weigh in. Oh, well, I think this. Oh, I think that. Oh, I think this. And by the way, they're not the deepest on any, <laughs> in any topic that they're weighing in on. They probably know the least. <laughs> so, like, let me just throw that out there. What do you guys think about that? Uh, probably in big companies, I mean, these managers, uh, they have these meetings because, you know, they want to look busy. That That's probably it. Uh, I don't believe there is, uh, like like you said, they do jack shit during the day. But on the other hand, you know, if they they were not there, uh, who is supposed to get on those meetings and it's, it's those workers? I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, viable and if you have that a uh, lot of time to actually uh, go to those meetings. Right. So... Hard to say, <laughs> and 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 I think like Brad at the point uh, when you're a small company, well, it's, it's definitely different than when you have thousand people. Right. The other point here is that for some of these bigger companies too, it's also about politics, right? It's also about relationships. Oh. Like the people that move up are the ones who actually have that better relationship. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Fred's awesome. I like Fred. We hang out. We talk about this. We talk about that. We have all these meetings together. And so part of the objective of the meeting, and I'm, I'm sure probably 
infuriating, you know, Brett, <laughs> is that some of this is relationship building because you can't advance in some of these companies without doing that. So what do you guys think about that? I think that's- Yes, Mr. Chief Growth Officer. <laughs> very true, unfortunately. But I, there is something a little bit more subtle here, which is specifically on your point of the management, right? There's that manager that sits the whole day in the meetings. Uh, this actually echoes something that Brett said in another conversation, not in this call, but on the super secret Slack. Um, the manager's ultimate role, right, is to unblock obstacles and yeah. let those people passionate about the product do their job at their best setup for success. So right. the reason, the objectives of those back-to-back -back meetings is to identify all the possible obstacles that stop that product from succeeding, those people from succeeding in that product. Right. If that manager is just networking in the meetings back to back, then well, he's not doing his job, period. So that's really, I mean, uh, Matei has been in a couple of meetings with me now, just a couple. Uh, and uh, he knows that I always conclude on the note of, is there any, any other problems, any other obstacles? And literally, um, trivial as it may seem, but if uh, somebody in our team needs to, um, I need a new laptop because mine is slow and broken. Okay, I'll take care of it. Because okay. uh, they're, like you said, the expert in their subject. The, the manager's role is to ensure that uh, they really succeed so that that product, right, is front and center for them, as, yeah. as Brett was saying. I think so, Brett put it as we, we are the servants, right? Right. And let me actually unpack an issue that it seems like we're talking about, but just to make sure that we separate these two issues, which is one, there's kind of, when we think, talk about objectives of the meeting, there's one objective, which is basically you're having these meetings for yourself, right? Like, to build relationships, to sound smart. And one of the things that I, I think I've talked about on other recordings before is that for some, at some companies, because the number of transactions, especially in our industry in games is so small, you don't actually have to be right. You actually have to appear to be right. So it's more important to sound smart. So if you're in these meetings and you're a, you're a talker, you sound smart. And so it's like, oh yeah, that guy, Flippo, he's so smart, he sounds great, right? But you don't actually have to be right because we don't know if you're going to be right for a long time from now, especially if you're on the product development side, right? And so there's like this objective of a meeting to advance your career. And then to Brett's point, he's kind of like eliminated that stuff and said, well, there's also the objective should be just about product. And so I, I don't 100% agree with Brett that meetings can be completely, well, at least in the situations that I'm part of, maybe, maybe for Brett's situation, that's the ideal scenario. But in terms of, just to kind of unpack the two issues, one would be having meetings. And unfortunately, there's this issue of, do are we having the meetings for myself and to advance my career? Or is it to help make the product better? And then I think the other issue would be, if we are going to have meetings, how do we make them as efficient and effective for the product as possible, if at all? And so maybe we could talk about that in terms of Okay, so I would I would submit, and I don't know if you agree with this spread or not, that not every company can do what you have done, which is completely eliminate meetings. And so for me, I think it's important to still have meetings, especially if you're in uh, kind of complex product development, like games and stuff like that. But if you are going to have a meeting, then how should they be structured? You know, what are best practices? How do you run these meetings so that they do wind up being as effective as possible? You know, I think it depends on, on the people you have in the company as well. I mean, uh, and also like the how you set up all the expectations. If you if you say like, okay, so we don't have meetings, let's let's do this, uh, and you have people that actually likes that. Well, uh, that's why I, I I am the love brother because I really love this uh, approach, and I would I would thrive in that uh, in that culture. But there are also like people that don't like this and they do like to talk and do uh, do like to to talk to to other other people from the company and have those meetings so it also comes uh, always comes down to the people i would say um so yeah 
So I think this is an important point because I, I actually, this is going to be the first time the Love Brothers have somewhat disagreed. I'm going to disagree <laughs> like saying okay. this because <laughs> okay. I think this is a really important point is letting people do what they like to do is where I think things go wrong because basically it's fun to go into meetings, right? It's much easier to be in a meeting than it is to sit down and grind through a hard problem, right? To sit there and really think and create something like that's hard work. That's the struggle. If it's really something that's great, if it's a game design, if it's a coding, if it's art, that, that's hard. Sitting in a meeting and talking about your dog and your cat and the debate the last night or the COVID, whatever, that's, it's fun. Uh, we joke. I mean, and so you, you're going to have a lot of people who say, well, I really like meetings, you know, or I really like this. Uh, you know, I really like going on Slack. It's like, well, yeah, okay. But as a CEO and the founder, again, I'm a hundred percent owner of my company. So I can be pretty like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Honestly, like the meeting that we canceled, I was probably the one BSing the most on that meeting, like telling stupid stories and stuff. Like my team was literally like, we don't want to listen to you tell stupid stories about your <laughs> Like I was doing it. I don't get to talk to anybody all day. You know, I'm like, all, you know, sitting here and, and my mind thinks the same way. Oh, I would really love to get a meeting. I would really love to do that. But I know on the other side of my brain is that I'm more likely to advance my company to make more money, to create better products if I don't. Right. And so I think that that's really what it comes down to is this discipline in terms of meetings for us, at least we do have meetings. So generally they're ad hoc. Right. So like when a discussion is going on that does get so complex. Right. And that both parties are already focused on that thing. Right. Like if we are maybe in Slack, although we don't do Slack that often or we're commenting on something that is really complex, like we'll say like, hey, let's jump on a call right now. Or we do develop our technology. And when we are talking about something through, we will generally jump on a call. I will note that before that, we also use Loom, which is a tool that you can record yourself going through something. And then it um, automatically uploads it to the browser and then you can share that link. And that's generally a first step. So we'll share like our thoughts in video format because it's more complex. We want to write it out. We want to show things. And then if needed, we'll go into the meeting. So um, that's generally what we do. and We find it be effective, but I think set meetings are like on the calendar have a, there's a lot of cost to that. And I think there needs to be like a really good reason to have a set meeting because there's switching costs. There's just like people just going to those meetings because they like it, as you mentioned and other, and then, you know, the undisciplined meeting management and things like that happen. So. And Matka, you were talking about some best practices if you do have a meeting, right? So like having an owner agenda, stuff like that. Can you go into a little bit more detail in terms of what you would consider a well-structured, well-executed meeting? Yeah, of course. I mean, the agenda, a couple of points, not like super long agenda because um, nobody wants to be stuck in the meeting for too long. Yeah. So let's say I do like like uh, short and efficient meetings, like 30 minutes, uh, because I think everything can be, can be done in 30 minutes and said as well and discussed. So agenda beforehand, uh, really um, efficient points that uh, everybody can um, discuss and like not a huge number of people on the on the meeting as well I mean like five people from different departments five people maximum because you know what happens uh, multiple times and happened multiple times before it's like that you have 10 people in a call and nobody pays attention I mean there are two or three people that are discussing something and everybody else is just you know playing Battle Legion <laughs> or playing any, any other game, uh, which is not that efficient. So I would say like agenda beforehand, uh, only the, the people that are uh, that needs to be there and that's it. Stick to the points, talk efficiently, and then after 30 minutes, okay, thank you very much, bye. Lippo, any thoughts? No, yeah, definitely. I, that's a very important point uh, from my love brother there, that uh, <laughs> the, the participants have to be relevant and that's right so much easier in a smaller company because you you you're forced to be selective but in the bigger company of course there's that i got a network effect right so i drag everyone in so i become more famous but you can't do that in the small company where you know you you gotta really okay do i really need this person or can i just let them do their thing and and 
Brett, I, I, I definitely agree with you. There is a form of people escaping the hard work. And again, that's really more down to the ability to identify why are people escaping, right? And what, is there a blocker? And that's why they're coming to this meeting. And maybe this meeting should be organized in a way that that blocker comes out, right? And you and it's identified because either the person is the wrong person for the job, or there is a real blocker, and it's and the the hard grind has become too hard. Something is blocking it. So that's really, but that structuring is important. And the biggest challenge in the studios that we work in, the the, the gaming studios, particularly the small ones, is that there is this constant complaint of you can't, you got to let me do the brainstorm, you know, uh, because otherwise the creative process is stifled. So it's just uh, more uh, kind of boxing in a way that it's not stifled. Let the creative process happen, but make the meeting well-structured. Right. Maybe think, if, meaning, oh, meaning, sh meaning should solve um, any issue or problem that uh, might be there on the table. And there should be a definitely some action points after the meeting. If uh, and so, everybody knows what needs to be done and who is responsible for what. Right. And just so I, you know, just to add a few points uh, from my side as well. Is I, I think that just just to underscore Brett's point about like have meetings when they count. So like I do think that a lot of people don't think deeply enough about whether the meeting should actually occur or not. So really thinking deeply about okay we should have this meeting or this meeting could actually be an email or uh, a whatever. So there's that too. I, I like your point about making sure that the right people attend. It, it generally is often too wide. Uh, I, I mean, I may disagree with you a little bit on the five. I don't think there's, for me, there's no specific number. Some people have a pizza roll, two pizza roll or whatever. I, I think like just whoever makes the most sense. And then okay. also just like, I think Brett, you mentioned this earlier as well is like, I see too many meetings where because you don't have a specific owner of the meeting, that that's when you have things go off. But if you say, okay, Mate, you own this meeting, so it's your responsibility to keep everyone on track because we know that Bill or Sally is going to go off again. So you got to corral them in, right? So like having that owner and then specific notes and action items after the meeting, actually like your idea, Brett, like since we're on Zoom, like it's so easy to record. So those people who should be informed, but not be relevant in terms of like the content, if you use a service like a loom or you know, right now, you know, you can actually use transcription services for Zoom meetings and things like that. But if you record it, share it to the company or whoever needs to be informed. There's a transcript, people can skip around. That would make meetings a lot more efficient and effective as well. So definitely think there's there's a long ways to go. And just be like, you know, Facebook is supposed to be one of the, the most advanced, the best paid, having the best PMs. But I'm hearing that not only at Facebook, but many other Silicon Valley companies, they're just, they're having back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back meetings all day long, right? So it's it's definitely a problem that I think is very prevalent, even in the best companies in the world, or supposedly best companies in the world. So hopefully this discussion here can uh, can precipitate some debate yeah, at I some think, companies. I think you're right about the, about the Facebook and Google, because, you know, they the, those reps have... Uh, like all day long back-to-back -back meetings and then you you receive these emails like at 9 p.m or 10 p.m and they're still working yeah. come on it's like yeah, yeah. it's not sustainable yeah uh you know another thing that we do at, at my company is we have this thing called daily notes and so basically what we do is like at the end of the day before we go home we just write what are all the things that we did during the day any challenges we had any issues we had blockers things like that and then you know the next morning, we kind of read, oh, wait, you know, Brett's doing this, or Mate's doing this, or Filippo's doing this, or Filippo has this blocker. And we just eliminated a bunch of meetings, right? <laughs> and we got massive communication. And at the end of the day, that thing takes about two minutes to write. So uh, kind of going back to the point Brett made, but like, are some of these meetings actually necessary, or is there a better way? All right, so maybe we can actually talk about disciplines at this point. And Brett, I know you've had a 
you've had a career before liquid and grit on the product management side. So maybe we start with product management and then we can flip over to Mate and Filippo about growth and marketing. But Brett, for you, over your career, if you were to just talk about product managers and product management and you know, not, not necessarily confining this discussion to meetings, but to anything else, what would you say are other practices or processes from a product product manager perspective that are not that efficient or that waste time? Well, I think I can talk about meetings specifically in this regard. I mean, I think as a product manager, you're in this somewhat awkward position where you're given sort of leadership role over people who are the creators, right? And you're not necessarily a creator. So you have to earn, continually earn their, your sort of leadership equity, right? And one of the best ways I think you can earn leadership equity from your developers and your artists and people on your team is by creating very detailed, very thoughtful, well-written specs and documents that they can work off of on their own. And by doing that, and I think also Excel spreadsheets and mathematical models that sort of give tools to why you're doing things, that's very important as well. But the spec I always said to the, train, the PMs I was training is really the lifeblood of a PM to earn that earn that leadership equity because the developer is going to look at that and say, wow, this person really thought about this feature and that is going to help me build it. It's going to help alleviate bugs. It's going to help alleviate thrash. It's going to allow me to do an accurate estimate. It's going to allow me to comment on things. They've done a lot of work as opposed to a PM that's just going to jump in a meeting and say, well, I have this idea. Like, what do you think? I mean, it's just already the developers thinking, oh, my goodness, we're going to have so many bugs and issues go on. So I think that having really well documented thing and and, and you're going to I'm very confident saying is like you're going to make your development team very happy by eliminating meetings like nobody dislikes meeting more than developers because they're the perfect example of people who need a lot of deep thought work to, to do their job well. And meetings are the opposite of deep thought work. So um, I think that that's a perfect example of, of something that is, is an example of wasting time or just not doing things um, efficiently enough. So, right. Yeah. So as a product manager, basically one, have your shit together, be organized, protect your team from having their time wasted and you'll gain their respect. Maybe even yeah. one thing I can also add to that is that, you know, you're talking about specs, but I think that as a product manager, I would encourage product managers to also just think more deeply about, are you doing things in the best way possible? Now, whether it's your product. And so here's one, one thing that frustrates me a lot about product managers. It's like, you know, there's typically this debate on what's the best product management tool. Is it, you know, is it Jira? Is it Hansoft? Is it Asana? And people are fucking religious about this shit. But here's the thing. So I'll ask a product manager, okay, you want to use Jira? Well, what about Asana don't you like? They're like, oh, I've never used it. They're like, then shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? They're like, if you're a product manager and you're going to weigh in on something, try everything, right? And so what I, what frustrates me is that not enough product managers experiment enough, try things out and think deeply in talking about design specs. And one of the things that we've done at our company is, is to think about, okay, for a game design spec, does this notion of this massive 30, 50 page doc make sense? Or can we completely reimagine how you deliver a spec in a way that's more holistic, more visual, and that integrates like, what is a spec? It's a collection of thoughts, data, spreadsheets, and other things in a more integrated way. And we've kind of developed a new system around that. But I would also encourage a lot of PMs to like just not be lazy. And to your point, yeah, have your shit together, but also think about how are we doing things? You're the product manager. You need to think, are we doing things in the most efficient and effective way possible? Or is there a better way to even shave off 10%? Because if you can find 10 areas where you can shave off five, 10% and be more efficient over time, you're going to beat other teams. So anyway, so yeah. sorry, sorry for going off on that tangent. No, I, I think it's great. I want to add two things to that. Sure. And the first is that 
that what, even though you're writing a spec or creating a spreadsheet or, or, and it, and it maybe sounds like you have to make it present it in a way that it's open for discussion. Right. Yes. And that's why yes. tools true. like Google documents or Google sheets, you need to present that and be very upfront about, Hey, I put together this spec as a starting point for conversation. And I've thought my thoughts detailed through on this, but I am certainly very open to any comments, even if it's scrapping the whole thing. Right. And it's, in, and I've provided some alternatives and I'm open to suggestions and, and it's just a starting point. So I think that's very important that you establish that it's not a top down, this is the plan. It's a well thought out current plan that is completely uh, scrapped, adjustable or whatever. It's open for discussion. Right. Right. And to, not to, not to go off too, on too much no, of a tangent, uh, but I, I would say, I totally agree with you, Brett, that as a product manager, as anyone in a company, to really have an open mind, right? To not be so fixated to like not have an open mind about being wrong. It's not about being wrong or being right. It's about like correcting to get to the right point and having that discussion and debate. I totally agree with you is important, but then also the, the tricky part about discussion and debate happens in my opinion when you don't have an owner, when people don't know who makes a call, then you have all these politics and all this blah, 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 and all this jockeying and all this nonsense, instead of it's like, okay, well, you know what? Filippo's gonna make the call. I totally disagree. Here's why I disagree. Okay, Filippo, what's your call? Okay, made the call. All right, let's move on, right? But when it's like, oh, it's the call's kind of gonna be made by Filippo, kind of by Mate, and then we got the CEO who might overrule this. Then there's all this jockeying and all this nonsense that wastes, I, I think, like massive, massive, massive amounts of time with a bunch of nonsense and bullshit. All yeah. right. All right. Well, well go ahead. I think just to, just to add to that, I think that's extremely important if you want to be an innovative company, which I think most companies want to be, because yeah. generally innovation is a contrarian idea. Right. Like these are ideas like Uber right. and um, any other innovative thing out there that they presented it to lots of intelligent, very intelligent VCs. And over and over again, you hear so many of them say, oh, that's crazy. That's stupid. That's never going to work. Right? right. That's generally when you're on to something that could be very big. Right. So if you internally have a culture that only goes with ideas that are majority agreed upon, then you are not going to be innovative because yeah. ideas that are majority agreed upon are not most, most often, not always, but most often not innovative ideas. So that's why it's really important to remove this likable political culture, because at the end of the day, you do have to have someone stand up and say, I really believe in this idea. I know you guys don't, I'm going to go with it and then figure out a cheap way to test that idea because it could be the next huge idea for your company. Right. All right, let's shift over to growth. Okay, from a growth marketing UA perspective, what are the big time wasters? What's going on in your world? Mate and Filippo. You want to start, Filippo, or I can start? I mean, <clears throat> I, can, I can go also like um, what's definitely a huge um, waste of time. Sometimes, you know, uh, during the, the classic UA marketing routine, checking the campaigns, numbers, and everything, and... And suddenly you see uh, that something weird is happening in terms of data, and, uh, and then and then suddenly uh, <laughs> you are not doing any any UA or marketing activities, and then they're checking if the data is you know correct. Instead of like doing your work, you are just uh, trying to see where is, where is the problem, if there is any issues, and what kind of uh, why this dashboard is broken. And suddenly. Half a day has passed. You didn't see, or didn't do anything, and uh, and instead of like these data data checks, uh, you should definitely have something in uh, in place like uh, automation tools or uh, data health checks that are uh, required. And then you check the data and uh, and you see, okay, there is something wrong. Let's fix it. Then I can move on to the to the other topic that I can just. Uh, work on instead of like uh, wasting the time and like uh, working on or uh, trying to find uh, the issue there. And basically regarding this automation, there are a lot of things that uh, UA managers do uh, manually. Uh, and I think like all these um, optimizations on the ad network side, 
like all the sub IDs, moving it up and down, uh, whitelisting and then whatever else. This can be all automated. And if you're not doing this, it's a shit ton of time that you, you need to spend, spend on that. And it's like literally, like you can spend uh, like two days just optimizing side ideas. And, uh, and yeah, that, that, those two things, I, I think it's uh, like the biggest time wasters uh, in terms of like the UA um, especially. Then I think um, when you have a, like a junior colleague, it's obviously like there is uh, there needs to be some kind of like the time when they learn, and obviously you need to babysit and double check everything. But like sometimes it happens like after one year you're babysitting and double checking this junior person, and well that's well not th- not the time that's not well spent. I can I, I can do it myself, and then uh, and I will save some time. So. Also, babysitting colleagues—they should be already like at least like media or senior levels. That's pretty much a waste of time, and uh, and, and happened to me um, often in in some previous companies, unfortunately. Flip up. The growth function of Traplight is more um, the, the 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 one that I'm helping out with is more like the publishing division, so to speak, where there are um, I'm helping you know support team, community team social media, analytics, uh, ad monetization, UA, etc. And in general, all these people are over communicators. So the conflict really comes in when you have to start talking to the production side uh, who prefer no meetings or less meetings and much more uh, structure. So there is this sort of and and it's a creative conflict. It's a very good creative conflict that brings to some great results. But it's really kind of important to remember that they're very different types of individuals within the same company, but all focused on the same thing. So the, the big deal is just making sure that the focus is on the product, like Brett was saying. And it's very easy for the marketers, the growth people, because that's their, you know, that's their calling, right? Uh, they've got to do something that swings the needle and has a real measurable impact. And it's, and it's harder for, uh, on the production side to see that um, measurable impact, unless, of course, you work as a you know, game designer, product manager, then, yeah, you can see your features making a difference. So, but the funny thing is, in company retros, right, which is uh, a little bit like our forum where you you have the, the notes that every day where you say all the things that you've done today. And we do that on a weekly basis with retros, retrospectives. Yep. Well, the number one complaint usually is communication. <laughs> we're not, we're not, which is kind of funny because then we get told, but there's too many meetings, uh, you know. And so there is this problem that, to address the lack of communication, we do overdo it on meetings. <laughs> and that's not the way we solve the communication. The real, the real gap exists because of these two different audiences, right? There is the, this, this group of uh, publishing people and then this group of production people. And they need to find a better way to, to communicate um, and uh, towards the same objective. Uh, so, you know, the, the one bit that we've kind of hovered around a little bit, but it's really, really important and central to all of this, meetings, communication, is the culture. So when the culture really makes us all homogeneous, then the communication should be a little bit more homogeneous. So let me try to uh, summarize a little bit in terms of the growth side, but Mate, from you, it sounds like some of the time wasters are one, just automation. There's in, In your line of work, there are activities or tasks that can be automated. And so like then being able to have tools or technology or something to automate some of those tasks would save lots of time. So figuring out what those things are. Secondly, you talked about, it almost sounds like training, right? Like there are folks who you might need to oversee their work. Are they doing things in the best possible way? So there's kind of like both a training and oversight issue there. And I would say that one thing that I have noticed a lot in companies is just like, you know, we talked about making videos, but when we onboard people and when you train something, uh, uh, train somebody on something, it's so easy to just make a video about it once 
and then yeah, never have to train like the next 10 guys, 10 hours, or you can make a video one time in one hour, but that doesn't happen at so many companies. And so I will have to definitely agree with you on that. And, but that is, in my opinion, a very easy fixable problem, but just not a lot of people, I don't know why, want to make that video to train. And then, and then just to, like even like onboarding process, right? You can just write up a set of notes in a Google Sites or paper or whatever. And you'd only need to do that once rather than having to like redo the orientation, redo the training for every new employee over and over again. And having it lost and, and, and like, you know, and sometimes people forget and then there's nowhere to go back. So then you got to redo another meeting and that kind of thing. And that would the, save a lot of time. What would those people do in, in you know, when you have uh, everything uh, written and then the recorded video and then that, right, right. that's why. Yeah. And then Filippo, to your point, I definitely agree. Like having retros is great. Glad you have a retro. I would say the one, again, not to go off on another tangent, but I will say that in my opinion, 95% plus of companies don't have real retros. They have fake retros, but I mean, that's, that's a bigger issue. But to your point on communication, like I do think that there is a better way. I mean, we, we have, so for us, you know, we try to lean more on tracking progress against tasks and products in a tool like an Asana or whatever, as well as our daily notes to try and eliminate meetings and to provide more communication. But I would, you know, encourage folks to try other approaches besides just meetings. And then if we want to talk about culture, that's another bag of, you know, <laughs> bag, bag of worms, but uh, <laughs> maybe we can, I don't know, we can talk about that or we can actually go on to our next topic, which are specific processes that waste time. Do you guys have any thoughts on culture or should we just go right into OKRs? <laughs> well, that, that's the favorite topic of Filippo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, so, okay, then talking about wasting time, processes that are wasting time. And this is one of the things that we were talking about in our secret Slack channel, but OKRs and Brett, you you were at one of the comp. Well, I I don't want to. Okay, let's just talk generally. <laughs> let's just talk generally. But there are certain companies that are held up as the paragons of this is a company where OKRs work really well. But when I've talked to and I haven't talked to Brett about this, but I've talked to other folks at some of these companies and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, bro, <laughs> OKRs are trash. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> so let's talk about. OKRs as one of these processes, is it effective? Is it not effective? For me, I've been at a few companies that have tried OKRs on three occasions. It hasn't worked. What are you, your thoughts on this specific process? Maybe starting with you, Brett. Yeah, I think OKRs and meetings and, and all these things are good examples of things that are great for managers. Right, like they, they OKRs are great because they simplify business into a couple numbers that they can check at the end of the quarter. Right, like hey, you need to grow engagement by five percent. Okay, three months later it passes. Where's engagement? Do a quick query. Boom, it's at four percent. You you know you didn't do your job. It's at six percent. You did your job. Great. Like as a manager, that's awesome for me. Right. It's it's, but it's just oversimplifying a massively complex system that has so many variables that to think that you can accurately, accurately predict how engagement or any number is going to move in three months is, is unrealistic. And then you're basing your judgment on somebody on this random number. Um, so, and then also the reason, so, so that's the first main thing. The second thing is that it makes it so that your culture can be less agile and flexible because you have spent time and God forbid you do an, a yearly or three-year OKR or something like that in you're in a fast-moving environment like gaming, you're going to get stuck on that, right? So you're going to say, well, engagement is what we said we were going to focus on. Well, what happens when COVID hits, right? Your whole organization is focused on something that's totally unrelated to COVID, right? Now, you can have a flexible organization, that's true, but I generally find that organizations that are set to these numbers and spend so much time investing in these numbers are then gonna have a much 
harder time to adjust to what just happened because they're going to want to go back to that number and everyone's going to say, well, what happened to my number? How am I going to get graded? What is like, was my promotion going to be based on? What was my, like so many things are built on this number. And so it creates the environment of like, hey, let's just stay with it. Let's just stick with it. Like COVID happened. I know, but we have these OKRs and like we want to stick with it. So flexibility and agility is, is core to a philosophy that of my business and i think it should be a philosophy of every business that's in a fast-moving environment like gaming so uh, those are two big things i don't like about okrs but i uh, i'll stop yeah mate what do you think well uh in my previous companies they uh, always wanted to implement okrs and uh, i think we had like one uh, first uh, version of okrs but didn't work that well not sure why. I mean, uh, I'm not sure why there is this hype about the, the OKRs. I mean, you can have goals and doesn't need to, you know, doesn't you don't need to call it the OKRs and, uh, and stick to those goals on a quarterly basis and uh, just evaluate uh, the performance. That's it. I mean, so, uh, well, I don't have anything else on, on OKRs, unfortunately, because I don't have that many that much experience with, uh, with implementing that regarding that uh but filippo is smiling and i i really uh see him uh, <laughs> he wants to jump in all right flippo that was really funny the my favorite topic it's uh not at all i prefer talking about <laughs> other things however it's kind of uh like brett was saying it's it's really um a management tool right and it takes time and it takes practice and by far I'm not perfect at all and never will be probably. And unfortunately, any previous experience on it cannot be replicated in other companies because it really depends on what stage the company is at. So I've already been through one iteration with Traplight. We're going through a second iteration. But it's 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 uh, very useful in a context that really needs help focusing and laser focusing. Uh, in the context of the bigger company, it becomes a weapon unless it's correctly used. So it becomes a weapon to, to just you know punish and promote and not encourage people to be more flexible. So in the smaller company in general, the culture is probably too agile and too flexible sometimes. And in some right. situations, some focus is required. OKRs are super tricky in a big organization for sure. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, I think the intent of OKRs is actually really good, right? So the intent of it is good. I think the execution and implementation of it is where you have a lot of problems. And so I think if you take the simple, like the, the, the simple notion of OKRs, which is basically to try and align the company in terms of, okay, the company is trying to get here. So what can everybody do to help the company get to this objective, right? So that's kind of like the, the high level simplified version of why OKRs are good because every person knows for me to help my company get here, I have to do this thing. Now, I think the complication comes in when, well, first of all, the, the design of OKRs actually wasn't meant for performance management, but the way that it's implemented in a lot of companies, they've conflated OKRs with performance, right? And then if, you, if it's not, if it's separated from performance, then, you know, the OKRs don't have any teeth. It's like, okay, well, uh, you know, it's like two weeks away from my, you know, from our OKR review. Okay, I'll just try and do whatever I can. And so that's where it's kind of like broken down. And so I think that just like the, so I personally don't know of any company, even the companies, again, as I mentioned before, that are held up as the, like, this is where OKRs have worked. Uh, but you talk to the people, that have left that company or even people there today. And they're like, no, nah, it doesn't work at all. So, and so for me, it just goes back to this conversation that we had before about, okay, for any person at a company, if you're thinking about what are we trying to do and is, are we doing things as efficiently and effectively as possible? So whether it's OKRs, any other process, I think you really just have to think deeply about whether it's working or not have the retros and, and we can talk about that on another time where we're kind of running over time right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up pretty soon here, but you know, retros are another thing, right? It's like, and not to go into that right now, but I will say that most people, 99% of retros are bullshit. Like people do not actually talk about the real issues, the real faults. <laughs> and let's just be real, dude. Like 
If you're listening to this right now and you're telling me your retro is real at your company, I'm going to say 99% you're full of shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So we're, we're running uh, where I think this is just to note on that. I think this is why we do such contrarian things at our companies, because when I was at other companies, I was saying things like that, Joseph, like I was running around being like, why are we in, why am I in this freaking meeting? You know, like, why am I driving to work? And parking and doing all this stuff just to get into an office you know, like I constantly was saying those things to myself and I got to a point where I was sort of like well if you're such a smarty pants like go prove that the, you know company can be run without these things and that's not really generally my intention just to prove myself but I think when you go start a company or you own your own company and you're starting Joseph a company like remember those thoughts man because yeah. I do it right you know and don't be locked into this idea that you have to have OKRs. You have to have one-on-ones. You have to have, you know, retros like this. You have to use Slack. Like you don't, you know, and, and really question everything because, because there has been a study on, I think it was HBS that innovative, they checked innovative companies. And the one that was the most popular was actually just innovative structure of the company, right? They structured their company different. Like if you right. think of things like Southwest or something like that, like they did structural things that were innovative. It doesn't have to be product, right? Yeah. It can be something different. And they found that structural. So I think if you think really critically about your company, you can get a lot of value from it in that way. Um, All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's wrap this up. If you Do you guys have any last messages for our audience? And if not, we can call it a day. Brett, was that your last comment or do you have anything else to say you know i think that give give everything a try just like you would do something in product right is yeah. you're going to have resistance for innovative ideas a lot of people are going to say well meeting like people don't want change uh, meetings are i have to have a meeting it's just like product it's an innovative idea that you have to push internally and test it out and say okay guys we're going to test this out for x amount of period we'll see if it works with our culture and i agree culture is very difficult to change. And I have the luxury of being the owner. So I get to do kind of what I want. So be careful with what you do, but just test it, try it and see if it works. All right. Mate, final words. Yeah. I think uh, people should plan more uh, way ahead. I mean, definitely a day, uh, at least, at least a day. And then like, even I do, I try to plan like the whole week uh, at least yeah. Sunday or Monday morning and it makes my life definitely easier and I try to be really focused on, on what I need to do and uh, yeah, that helps me a lot. All right, another big topic around planning. All right, Filippo, yeah. final, final words. Take us home. No one's getting this right. So <laughs> uh, to echo what you're saying, Joe, I think the reason why even we're having this discussion, right, is to share some war stories. But if you think you're doing it right, or you think you're doing it wrong, that's, you know, do what you think is best for the company, basically. And that's the right thing to do. All right. There you have it, guys. End of our, uh, who knows, maybe more conversations to come. Love, brothers. Stop wasting time. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.